the voice app that you're making today is no different than putting up a business card on a website in 1997. You don't really know why you're putting that business card up there. Somebody's sort of saying, hey, you ought to put your foot out there. For Monday, October 7th, 2019, this is episode 53, the key to successful branding for voice and beyond, the hero's journey with Brian Romilly. If a brand plays too much in the reptilian brain, preying on FOMO or jealousy, they won't create long-term fans or customers. Brian Romilly explains what brands need to do to build long-term successful customer relationships. Every brand has an emotional connection to the people who use their products, but some covet it better than others. Brian and I discussed brand narratives and personas touching on archetypes and even the neurochemistry of purchases and loyalty. My favorite part of the conversation is when Brian explained why the female voice is hard-coded by evolution to be perceived as authoritative. So for everyone wondering if voice assistance being female is a bad thing, Brian will probably change your mind. Enjoy. Welcome to the Beetle Moment Marketing Podcast, a short weekly exploration of marketing, voice technology, and business. I'm Emily Binder. I answer to no one, and I make this for you. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back. This is part two of my discussion with Brian Romilly, the Oracle of Voice. And if you didn't catch part one, definitely go back and listen to that. We discussed all of the recent announcements from Amazon, focusing on Echo Frames, Echo Loop, Echo Buds. And then we started discussing marketing and e-commerce. And I said, you know, this needs to be its own standalone episode. So the real story here is with brands having a presence on a voice assistant, like let's say you have a custom Alexa skill, what does this mean as far as the actual relationship with the customer long-term? In marketing, we always talk about who do you want your customers to become? How are you helping them to reach that aspiration? It's not that the product or the brand is the hero, but the customer is the hero. Of course, that's story brand framework. So I think this is something that Brian and I you know, agree on about how do we really build a true relationship? And maybe is the relationship the killer app of voice, quote unquote. So with voice, how do we help people or build those relationships and, and make this a much more meaningful experience? Brian, what do you think? Well, Emily, I was really well said. And um, as we have discussed uh, pre- uh, pre-show, this is um, sort of a theory I've had for decades and Uh, Some people subscribe to this theory and some don't. And that is uh, all products, all companies, all brands, just about everything is a relationship. And they have defining points that you would find in any human relationships. Now, obviously, most products are inert and they don't have the anthropomorphic aspects of a relationship, but they have the emotional impacts of relationships. Every purchase is an emotional purchase because it is defined by neurological reactions. Neuropeptides bombard every cell of your body when you are making a purchase. And you can ex post facto define it as a logical purchase. You can justify it for a lot of reasons, but have no doubts. It's already proven that it's an emotional purchase because humans are emotional creatures. So why is that important to define? Because every brand has an emotional connection 
to the people that use their products. Some covet that really well, like Apple, and we talked about in pre-show. Some designer brands covet that well. Uh, some automobile brands covet that well. But, and, and certainly food companies. And we can go and, and you know, kind of go down a rabbit hole of what all of those definitions are like. But there is a narrative that's being spun overtly, covertly, or by accident. If you don't know it as a brand, sometimes just through throwing uh, darts at a wall, something sticks after a while. If the brand's been around long enough or they hit it just right. But there, there's a narrative being spun. And that narrative has to resonate with the customer. And that customer fits into a cohort, a demographic, a segment. Um, if you do it the right way, it's everybody. <laughs> Literally, a lot of products could reach out to everybody, even if they don't, they're not a user of the product. When I mean reach out to them, it means it touches them to a level where they understand and know the utility of that product. Sometimes they're medical products, and it's kind of like way off in the distance and not applying. But generally, for most consumer products, if you communicate correctly with the narrative, you can actually touch people who are actually aren't going to use your product at this point right. in their life. I can I can point out insurance companies may uh, give you a tearjerker commercial uh, about something and on and on and on. But anyway, voice is anthropomorphic. It's how you and I are communicating right now. It's how humans are designed to communicate. And I don't just say that overtly because I want to. It's empirically correct because that's how we got here as humans. Uh, human evolution, believe in it or not, we don't evolve in 100 years, in 100,000 years, or even in some cases when it comes to communication like this, even a million years. It took millions of years for apes, chimpanzees, and our ancestors to speak and to listen and to discern what these things are. In fact, we had to create a whole new operating system that we call the neocortex to build on top of the onion skins, if you will, of the lower brain, the limbic system, and the lower order brains, so the reptilian brain and the animal brains. Uh, I'll use the non-scientific words to work what this new world created uh, of communication. And we're in it right now. We're swimming in it like a fish. We're swimming in the world of communication of our neocortex. And so the neocortex communicates through a number of mechanisms, you know, through sensory organs, but internally it communicates to the rest of the body, primarily through neuropeptides. These are chemical combinations. So when we do something that we want to reward ourselves with, we send a neuropeptide release to all of the cells in our body, like a, it's a all hands on deck. Do this again. This made me happy. Don't do this ever again. This made me sad. Now, some people think that it's just a binary reaction. That is the old thinking. It is actually every possible color and every possible shade you can imagine. And it's there as a survival mechanism. Neuropeptides are not there so we can buy more iPhones. It's there so that when we hit the right cherry tree that doesn't kill us, if we survived and the cherry was ripe and we ate it, or an apple tree if you want to use that vernacular, we bite into it and a neuropeptide release of a purchase, of a transaction, it's a transaction a human just did, matriculates throughout the body as a neuropeptide release. Not a theory. This is exactly what's going on. You're literally, your cells literally will remember and encode 
that experience. It's not right. Just, it's, and so how does that how does that relate to when we're talking that's, about narratives? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, how, so how does that relate to these narratives? I mean, I'm thinking archetypes. I'm thinking Joseph Campbell, Carl Jung. You're saying we have to tell a story yeah. that speaks to the right person. So Nike's the hero. Patagonia's the explorer. Ferrari's the lover. There are 12 archetypes. And most of these brands that don't even know foundationally what is my, what is my North Star are throwing spaghetti, like you said. Maybe if they communicate better, it would be successful. And if they're using voice, it has to on that on that kind of uh, biological level you're you're describing brilliant uh emily and 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 you you have it precisely so voice has the opportunity unlike any other medium including the film medium has the opportunity to create a rich deep emotional lifelong connection with the customer and if you do it ethically and morally correct and you build the persona that's the right persona for your brand that resonates with the cohort, with honesty and integrity, and not a political agenda or some other agenda that is absolutely ridiculous. That's a human agenda. The human agenda is connection. People buy your product if it's not if it's not roof over their head, food feeding their belly right then, and clothes protecting them from the element because we're born naked. We have to change our environment rather than be a part of the environment. We have to be a changer of the environment. That's a definition of humanity. Once you're outside that realm, everything is a form of entertainment, including news. And a lot of people get mad at that. Well, I'm, I do serious things, Brian. No, you're entertaining yourself to a certain level. And you're paying for a performance to a certain level. And there's a transaction that's taking place that is either overt that you can see with honesty or you don't see it, but it's still happening. And I instruct people who work with me to understand where that transaction takes place and to be honest about that transaction with everybody that you deal with. And so if you have an honest brand, a brand with high integrity, you create a persona for that brand. It's a voice. It's a voice first, right? So you go backwards from that voice and say, okay, where did this person grow up? Because the voice comes from a person. It's not a thing. It has a persona. Therefore, it has a life. It has a gender. It has a background. And you can't just because you feel like it, decide that it's not going to have those things because you and I are hard-coded to assign it if it hasn't been assigned. So if we hear a voice, because of our flee, fight, or stay mechanism, we will instantly categorize anything we hear anthropomorphic, anything we see anthropomorphic, as friend or foe, binary. That's part of the flee or fight and, and stay mechanism, you know, huckle down and become a turtle. Um, and then we extend from that. But the tentacles of that feeling don't go away until way down the narrative of the higher thought process, the cerebral uh, cortex and, 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 and the hemisphere start working with the corpus callosum and Broca's area and on and on. Then we start reasoning and that's a different process. So your brand has a voice. Who is that voice? I, go, I, I do this all the time with brands. And we talk pre-show about a, a fashion brand I'm, I'm working with who have mired themselves in this endless debate of, you know, wanting to create the most inclusive brand ever possible in one voice. It's impossible. And I can't, had to break the news. You can't include everybody. That it's impossible. <laughs> you no, because everybody is an individual. So the brand must create and this is where it gets hard for people. They must create a persona that is individual. 
you cannot ever create a voice of everybody. And then when you try, you get nobody in the process. Right. So it's hard. I can say that because I work for myself. If I had a boss and I said something like that, get out of here, Romley. You're well, fired. that's why you're on my show, Brian, because yeah. I'm in the same boat. I yeah. don't care. I'll just say what I think is yeah. true about so, it. So yeah. So so that's the reality. So now once we grow up and we deal with the realities, the reality is you now need to assign a young Ian. Uh, M, uh, Myers-Briggs. There's other systems that I use that are highly higher resolution that are beyond the 12 archetypes, but they generally, yeah, you better get an archetype down and then realize that your customer is on their own hero's journey along with you. And if you can share your hero's journey with the customer, Apple does this all the time, certainly Patagonia and, 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 and even Tiffany's to a certain level. Starbucks to a certain level in the old days, not today, but you know, you, you have this hero's journey that the customer comes along and some of it is, you know, sort of like the gamification of it, of, you know, I was with them before they were famous. You know, there's, there's that sort of brag factor. It's always happens in music. I work with artists all the time that had opportunity to quote unquote blow up overnight. And I advise them against it because there, there's nothing to be gained by blowing up overnight uh, as an artist. You have everything to lose because there's, not, there's nothing but down from there. And uh, it used to get me in trouble with people. But listen, I'll put it this way. Find the people who have blown up, meaning gotten very popular very quickly. A lot of them become one-hit wonders. The, the cohort is to the 90 percentile. And then they just dis disappear. You know, uh, who let the dogs out? Yeah, right. Things like this, uh, you know, and uh, people remember the song, but who, 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 who sung Oh, it song? doesn't matter. So you're saying um, that the staying power is really found through at the very beginning, understanding who you are, whether it's archetype or, or some other categorization system. And I think with yes. voice being the most powerful way, but you have to stand somewhere. You can't be everywhere. And also, I wanted to ask you about this. You mentioned this earlier about the female voice. Okay, I know this is just hackneyed at this point. Like, why is Alexa female, blah, blah, blah. But you said something that I thought was great. What is it about authority and the female voice? And why might that even be a good thing versus an androgynous voice like Google? Yes. And and um, this is probably the most profoundly important thing for all of us beyond just technology. The voice of authority is and always will be a female voice, period. Hard stop. Mic and drop. You why. And, 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 yeah. All right. And, 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 and it's very simple. The first voice you will ever hear if you're blessed with ears, and then it's not a conversation, right? But if you're blessed with ears, the first, first voice you hear in embryonic fluid is the voice of your mom. And when you come out of the womb, you can echolocate your mom in up to 60 other women talking at the same time. You can identify her voice. That is the resolution that the human brain has and the ear of a child. Way before eyesight, way before eyesight happens, you have the resolution of identifying your mom. And that is a survival mechanism that evolution has granted the higher order brain. That's why we're wired for communication. That's why we're wired to have these types of exchanges. Imagine trying to read this interaction. I don't want to read my junk talking this way, but when you hear it, maybe I'm a little bit more appealing. Uh, I hope, you know, so, so the thing about it is when I hear people get into this sort of political agenda, and I, I agree with a lot of this, the problem is it's not reality. Reality is 
you cannot change your hard wiring as much as you want in this part of your brain. You can't just flip a switch and say that male voice is now the voice of authority. No, I can prove to you neurologically that when you hear a female voice, especially one that is in tune to your mom's voice, there's variations to this, it activates more aspects of your brain to comply and to act and to pay attention than any other male voice will ever have, including the one of, uh, of a sergeant yelling in front of your face, you know, in a whole metal jacket. Well, this is a really powerful concept because people have said that it's about being servile. Like, why is Alexa a female voice? And then this was interesting at the Voice Summit, somebody in the crowd at one of my panels about uh, inclusivity, VUI design, how do we how do we act uh, more inclusive with it? They said, well, actually, it's a power stance because she's wise. She knows all the information. Granted, I think Google knows more. I think Google's where you go for information. Amazon's more about shopping, and maybe that will change. But frankly, Google is a better assistant when sure. it comes to getting more questions answered. And it's interesting, you know, when you think of the genders of these voices, but you're saying it's it's a good thing to have it as a female voice, maybe especially for certain brands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 let's go one more extension of this uh, anthropological and, and sociological. Uh, if you look throughout culture, the wise woman of the tribe was the most honored position in a tribe until, you know, our Western culture eradicated them and we wind up calling them witches. But if you were to look throughout the reverse of history all the way down to Gobekli Tepe, it was uh, the uh, what they would call the divine feminine or the uh, the goddess culture that existed. The goddess culture came because women were the voice of the authority. We knew that instinctually. They became the voice of the tribe and then they became the holder of wisdom and they became the wise woman that would say, no, don't eat that because you're going to roll over and die. Stop right now. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like mom. That continues on in, until they are the wise woman of the tribe. So you're a brand and you want to try to project authority in your brand. Um, I would probably say more times than not, understand that is hard coded in the human brain. And if you want to start trying to rewire the human brain for some agenda, good luck with that. Um, Evolution, we'll all check back in about three million years and we'll see where we get with that because that's how long it takes to rewire the brain's basic infrastructure. And some of it, the reptilian brain, you ain't ever going to rewire. And we are a victim and a success of our reptilian brain. I mean, uh, some of the things that go turn your head around and, and look around you. That is the, the process of the reptilian brain. A lot of the things that you don't like in your world come from that reptilian brain. Some of it comes from the animal brain. And very few of it, very little of it comes from the neocortex or what we would call the human brain. And, and if, if a brand keeps us too reptilian, we probably are not going to be long-term with that brand. You can um, make people feel you know, sort of a jealous feeling that they're being, they're missing out on something. And that, that pulls at the reptilian aspect of the brain. But that's short-term thinking. The reason why Apple is successful is they get cerebral. There's a reason for that word. They go higher brain. They, they invoke all of the activity of the brain. They go down to what we talked in the prior podcast, the fashion, which 
is somewhat related to reptilian, right? Uh, it is somewhat related to um, the animal brain. And it's certainly a little bit related to the interpretation of those two brains in the neocortex. But now I, I don't want to go too deep into the psycho psychological aspect of it. Is this the voice app that you're making today is no different than putting up a business card on a website in 1997. You don't really know why you're putting that business card up there. Somebody's sort of saying, hey, you ought to put your foot out there. I'm saying, learn from that, start doing something, but hire people like Emily, hire people who know this stuff and say, okay, there's a lot more to this than throwing out an app. You're building a narrative and you're building a dialogue that hopefully will last for life with this customer. And you're building a tapestry that they will weave with the brand and form a synergy between the brand and that particular person. And when they look back in the rearview mirror, because again, most of us are looking in the rearview mirror, they'll define their life by the relationships that they had with brands to some degree. It's a, that's when I owned that car. That's when I got my first iPhone. I mean, these become milestone moments. I mean, when you have a child, you start defining it around children's brands and maybe a Disney movie or me, it was Thomas the Tank Engine. I didn't know it existed. And then all of a sudden, Thomas became the world for my children. And I became the world of Thomas. We would go to see Thomas Day Out and, and things like that. Now you say Thomas the Tank Engine, a little tear starts coming in my eye because that era and that epoch of my children passed. But I got intimately wound into what that represents. It's not the brand. It's the story that that narrative created. And I'm not even saying Thomas necessarily overtly did that. I think the author was trying. <clears throat> the author was trying to create a narrative. It was originally a book series to try to help kids understand the confusion of the world and, and, and use the analogy of a, of, of a little train that could uh, to try to understand the world a little better. And guess what? That's all we are ever doing as humans. Right. All we're trying to do is trying to make sense of the confusion of this world. It's probably 90% of what we do on our computers, and we really don't even think that we're doing that. We're looking for confirmation on social media that what we're doing is right, or sometimes what we, what we did was wrong. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're looking uh, ultimately for love. Right. And it all goes so back the to the basics. I mean, it's it's the evolution of do I fit into the group? Am I protected from prey because I'm accepted in my tribe? And that's just, exactly that's why we were brands. I have my Apple logo because that's projecting that part of my identity. I want to attract the people in the Apple tribe, whatever that means. It's elevated. If I have a certain fashion brand that I'm wearing, et cetera, or makeup or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's it's yeah, completely and, and, animalistic. And it's valid. Yeah. And it's valid. And and those people that would tell you that this is invalid and sometimes less than uh, logical, they are telling themselves a lie because I have not met a human being that does not fall prey to the emotional neuropeptide release. Purchases are emotional. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and you can, you can ex post facto, uh, call them logical and you might be correct, but that's not what caused it. It caught what, what, and what reinforces it. And so when we're building voice brands or brands around voice, because there are going to be voice brands, trust me, and it's going to be so profound. 
What does your brand sound like? I mean, if you're listening to me and you have a brand, what does it sound like? Who is it? Where did they grow up? What school? What do they like? What do they dislike? And when you go down that road, it's storyboarding, but it's a lot more than Hollywood storyboarding. I, I'm in the LA area and I do a lot of storyboarding, but it's beyond that. It's generations beyond that. That's why you need experts. Absolutely. Because if you just hire some, yeah, if you just hire somebody randomly that can build a great app, great. No. Good. It's, it's more than tech. It's, but, it's but, about having an understanding of these fundamentals and, and somebody like you obviously does. We have to wrap up here, Brian, but this is fantastic. And I know that everybody's going to want to follow up with you. Where can people find you? Twitter, website? Uh, my first and last name on Twitter. I'll, I'll let the readers see that, uh, Brian Romley. And my first and last name on Quora are probably the easiest ways to find me. It's a compendium of my work. I try to get as much as I can in long form on Quora and uh, interesting short form on Twitter. But um, I, uh, I will speak to anybody. Uh, my emails are always open and would love to hear people's feedback. And I want to learn from everybody else. I don't have all the answers. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you, Emily. It's been such a pleasure. To find out how to advertise on the show or to consult with me, visit BeetleMoment.com. And hey, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts at bit.ly slash BeetlePod, or you can search for Beetle Moment Marketing in the Apple Podcast directory. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.